I remember going to the Sacrament of Reconciliation Confession about 22 or 23 years ago to a very wise and faithful and holy Irish priest who was serving in the military services. And I remember that during the confession, at one point, and this is before I was in the seminary, and I remember at one point the priest said to me, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he starts telling me, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but I remember he, he said, you, you do realize that the life you're leading right now, it's, it's not going to lead to perfect fulfillment and, and peace and joy for you. It's actually going to lead to destruction. If you remain on this path, what are you doing? Well, this very wise and holy and faithful priest, he was admonishing the sinner. He was admonishing me, the sinner. Admonishing the sinner is one of the seven spiritual works of mercy. It's actually a work of mercy. It's a work of love to admonish the sinner. And this priest, he was truly doing this out of love and true concern for my spiritual well-being. He wasn't doing this to shame me, to ridicule me, to make me fall into despair, or to chastise me. He was saying these things out of great love. I remember this very clearly, as if it happened last week. And this was many, one of many times in which somebody had admonished me in my sin. I remember other times in which my parents or grandparents or another relative or friends or co-workers or even perfect strangers admonished me in my sinfulness. And I'm thankful for those times that they were trying to set me back on the right path. If you've been here more than a couple weeks, you've heard me talk about relativism and the dangers of it. And I talk about it a lot because it's really inundated all parts of our culture and society. Relativism is this philosophy, this ideology that there is no absolute truth. And it's very dangerous, especially when it comes to moral truth. If somebody says there is no moral absolute truth, then they can easily say, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Who are you to judge me? Who are you to say that what I'm doing is wrong? I think it's right, so it's right. You can't judge me. Many people in our world, they, they will twist the words of sacred scripture and say to us, well, you can't judge. I think it's one of the most successful tricks of the devil to convince people that they should not be judged and that they are not to judge other people. Maybe you've heard these words or maybe you've actually spoken them before. Well, you're a Christian, you're a Catholic, you're not supposed to judge me 
You're not supposed to judge people. Well, today's readings, today's readings give us a very important insight. And that insight is this. Not only can we judge, but we should judge the actions of others. We have not only the ability and capability, but we also have the responsibility to judge actions of others. You don't have to take my word for it. Let's go back to the first reading, chapter 7, excuse me, chapter 33 of the uh, book of Ezekiel. He's one of the major prophets. And I tell you, the, the major and the minor prophets, they all had a very difficult task in front of them. The vast majority of God's people had gone off the deep end. They start making up their own commandments and, and no longer following the, the Ten Commandments. They're making up gods, worshiping false gods and things like this. And it was actually a very treacherous situation for many of the prophets. They actually put their lives in danger. Many of, their, many of the prophets lost their lives for simply proclaiming the truth of God. And so God is telling Ezekiel this in chapter 33. If you see somebody doing something wicked, and if you do not speak out to dissuade the wicked from his way, the wicked shall die for his guilt, but I will hold you responsible for his death. He's telling Ezekiel, if you see somebody doing something wicked, and you don't speak out, I'm holding you responsible, Ezekiel. And then he goes on to say, if if you see somebody doing something wicked, and if you do say something, if he refuses to turn from his way, he shall die from his guilt, for his guilt, but you shall save yourself. You shall save yourself. So he's telling Ezekiel, summing up, if you see somebody doing something wicked, you don't say anything, it's on you. If you do see somebody doing something wicked, and you do say something, and they just continue down the right, their, down their uh, path they were going, well, your hands are washed of it. That's why Ezekiel is one of the most important prophets of the Old Testament. And many people would say, well, Father, the Old Testament isn't, is not as important as the New Testament. Well, let's go to the Gospel then. Let's go to the gospel. Jesus, in the 18th chapter of the gospel, Matthew says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. So if somebody sins against you, Jesus wants you to go and tell that person his or her fault. This doesn't sound like, don't judge me, to me at least in the scriptures we heard this morning. Some people will try to tell you that Jesus did not judge people, and neither should we. Well, they're partially correct, because our Lord has made it clear to us that we are not to judge a, person, a person's intentions. We're not to judge the soul of a person. We can never know the intentions. We can never know what's truly in the heart of another person. 
The scriptures make this clear. Even Psalm 139 makes it very clear that that God knows your soul. God knows your heart better than you know it. He knows your intentions better than you know your intentions. So there's no way we can know somebody else's intentions. And the Catholic Church has never officially declared at any point in the past 2,000 years that a soul of a particular person who has died is in hell. The church has never definitively declared that a, a soul of a particular person is in hell. Why? Because the church knows that she cannot judge the intentions of that person. Only God can. So we are not to judge a person's soul or their intentions. However, Jesus, in his many encounters with people, he never allowed people to persist in sin, ever. Think of all the encounters. He never said at any time to to a man or a woman or to, to a child, he never said, your sins are forgiven, keep sinning if you want to. That's not in our scriptures. But he does say, your sins are forgiven, go and sin no more. Other places he'll say, your sins are forgiven, go and sin no more, or something worse will happen to you. Jesus admonishes the sinners out of love. His great love for those people. His great love for us. He desires our spiritual health and well-being. And that's why our Lord admonishes us in our sinfulness. He even gives us the framework of how to do that. Not only does he say you should admonish the sinner, but this is how you are to do it. It's in the gospel. It's in the gospel this morning. The framework is right there. Three easy steps. Once somebody has sinned against you, you go and tell them, you've sinned against me. If they don't believe you, if they don't listen to you, what do you do? You go on to step number two. You take one or two people with you and you go to that person and you tell them again. If they still don't listen to you, then you take it to the church. You take the matter to the church. If they still don't listen to you, you treat them as a Gentile or a tax collector. Basically, you shake the dust off your feet. As you say, good riddance to you. Good luck with that. The framework is right here. I was paraphrasing the last part, by the way. But the framework is here. Not only do we have the ability, but we also have the capability to judge actions. But the key, the key is to do this out of great love. This is the hardest part. To do this not out of a sense of vengeance or I'm right, you're wrong, or I told you so, but to do it out of great love and charity for this person, for their spiritual welfare and well-being. St. Paul in the second reading, he starts off this, this uh, very brief passage we hear in his letter to the Romans. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. The primary virtue of charity, of love. We have to be able to do this in love. Otherwise, it's going to go sideways quickly. And I'm going to be the first to admit to you, this is not easy. It's not easy to admonish the sinner. 
First of all, we have to prepare ourselves for it. We have to pray for an outpouring of that theological virtue of charity, of love. There's three, three, three theological virtues. There's uh, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. We have to pray for an outpouring of that theological virtue. Then we have to pray for specifically two of the cardinal virtues of prudence and fortitude. Prudence and courage in doing this. Then we also have to invoke the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to, to give us gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially of, of wisdom and courage to assist us in this task. And if that's not enough, I would also recommend the Sacrament of Reconciliation in order to help purify the motives. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, I was put into a situation where I had to go into this framework of how to admonish the sinner with a particular situation. And two days ago, I went to confession with the, with the sole purpose of asking our Lord to forgive my sins and to purify my intentions, to purify my heart in order to continue to engage this person in this framework, which our Lord is, has given in the gospel today. The Sacrament of Reconciliation is very good at purifying our motives and our intentions. So we prepare ourselves, but even if, if we prepare ourselves, let's be honest, this is something which is not easy to do. Of all the, the seven spiritual uh, works of mercy, this may be the most difficult because it's not going to be appreciated, at least in the moment. Just count on it. They're not going to thank you for it in the moment. Why? Well, society's been telling them all their life, you shouldn't judge people, and, and nobody certainly is not going to judge you because you don't do anything wrong. So if you actually admonish a sinner, it may be the first time somebody's ever said something to them after the fifth or sixth grade, that they're actually doing something wrong. It's going to surprise them. They're going to get defensive and probably angry with you. That's why it's important to exercise great charity and love. I remember in my own life, most of the time when I received unsolicited advice, which is pretty much every day, people give me unsolicited advice every day. Father, you should be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that, whatever it may be. A lot of people admonish me. And my sinfulness, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, it's not a pleasant experience when you're on the receiving end of, of admonishment. It's not pleasant. And there's many times where I was, I was not ready to receive it. But you know, if they came to me and spoke out of genuine charity and love, it planted, it planted a seed in my heart and in my mind that I would think about. And after a few days, I, I would begin to think, you know, maybe this person is right. Maybe they see something in me that I can't see. And after a few weeks, 80 or 90% of the time, I would say, that person was definitely right. At the moment, though, when I was receiving it, I was not in a good place. But afterwards, I was thankful. And I don't think that I ever thanked Father Lee Hightower for saying those things to me in confession 22 or 23 years ago. 
he died several years ago, and I, I'm certain that I did not thank him specifically for that. But I tell you, that confession, when he was hearing my confession that day, that was pivotal. That was pivotal in my own faith journey, my own formation, and ultimately uh, helped me to decide to go to the seminary. Because he took, he, he took the chance, he was courageous, and in great love, he admonished me, the sinner. And he loved me in doing that. Jesus tells us to love our neighbor. And he has given us many ways to do it, especially in the corporal and the spiritual works of mercy, one of which being to admonish the sinner. A very difficult way to love somebody, perhaps one of the most challenging ways to love somebody, but at the same time, one of the ways which will pay the greatest rewards in loving that person. People will say to you, don't judge. The next time that happens, you think about Ezekiel 33. You think about what Jesus told us in the Gospel of Matthew. And you pray and you ask for the virtues of courage, fortitude, of prudence, especially charity, to admonish the sinner, to bring them back to the kingdom of heaven. Praise be Jesus Christ. Amen.